Thank you for tuning in with us at Bayou City Fellowship, Cyprus, a community that's radically focused on Jesus. We are currently celebrating the Advent season together as a church, remembering the story of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of God's promise and prophecies. We pause to reflect on His arrival and long for His glorious return. Listen, we are so very thankful that you are a part of our service today. And uh, before we get started, I'd love to pray together and prepare ourselves for what God has for us in his word. If you would, let's pray. Father, thank you for the joyful noise uh, of singing and praise to you. God, you are worthy. You are our king. In fact, our Lord of all. Father, we ask God that as you speak to us through your word, that our hearts would be soft and ready And that regardless of how we came in, that we would leave different because we met with you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Just a quick note again, I know I told you at the beginning, if you hear hear children, it's okay. It doesn't bother me, so don't get nervous or worried for me, okay? Because it doesn't bother me at all. You know, I don't know how you came. Christmas Eve is one of those wonderful uh, weeks. We get to see friends and family, and we get to be together, and some of us are uncomfortable because we have to go to church because our mom asked us to, and you didn't want to say no. And So if that's you, thank you for being here. Uh, some of us come, and we don't believe any of this stuff, and I'm really glad that you're here too. Uh, what I believe about this uh, every week is this, that there is no accident to room today. It's on purpose And it's because God loves you enough to speak truth and hope and life into you. And my hope is that, as I prayed, that we would all leave different than when we got here. Because um, when you meet with God, you can't be the same. You can't be the same. Uh, I was an atheist for most of uh, my early life until I was about 21. Um, The name Jesus irritated me more than anything else. It was uh, difficult to hear it. I didn't want to be around it because I had seen a lot of Christians. And I'm just being honest, right? I didn't understand there was a difference between Jesus and his followers. Now, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just trying to be truthful. I had seen broken people doing their very best to follow a holy God. And as we all know, we're terrible at that, aren't we? So what I had seen about Jesus was really more about people rather than Jesus. And I had heard a lot. I had, I'd say that I was an open-minded person when I was, except Jesus. I was truly, I was open to anything except Jesus, which isn't really that open-minded if you think about it. And I had seen and I had heard some things, right? I had heard that he was, you know, a good man. I heard that he was this. I heard that he died on the cross, I think we all come, right? We come to Christmas Eve. What have you seen and heard? I wonder if you have, were like me, maybe you're critical of this whole story, right? You enjoy debating. Maybe you're like me. I, I'm a very terribly critical person. I, I love talking to Christians about Jesus before I was a Christian. And maybe that's the realm you're in. Maybe you have heard and seen some things. Maybe you've seen Christians behaving badly. Maybe this is your 50th Christmas Eve service. And you're like, well, we're gonna sing Silent Night with the Candles again, which we are gonna do that, (laughs) because it's awesome. 
You know, and maybe the story's lost its luster. Maybe you've forgotten the impact that Jesus had in your life early on. Maybe you're seeking, maybe you're searching, maybe you're actually here and you're trying to hear more about Jesus. You're trying to see more than just people following him, but actually want to see him. And as we learn today, we're going to go through Luke chapter 2, the first 20 verses. We're going to focus on 15 to 20. Because there were a lot of people who had seen and heard about Jesus, the birth of Jesus, to come. And some of them were a lot like I was. They were skeptical and critical, unbelieving. Some were threatened, right? Some people had been hearing about Jesus coming for thousands of years leading up to this moment. Some people, they saw and heard what was to come and it caused them to go and look for it themselves. And we're gonna read about some of these today. Because as everybody saw and heard, they, were, they came to a point where they had to make a decision about what to do about it, right? I, when I saw Jesus, when I heard about Jesus, I had to decide what I was gonna do about it. The people that we're gonna read about today, the same thing. You today too, you're gonna hear some things about Jesus. Maybe you'll actually hear him, that'd be, that'd be awesome. You're gonna see some things and you'll come up to this point where you say, what am I gonna do about it? What, what am I gonna respond with? Before you get too uncomfortable, I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. But I am gonna ask you a question. What are you gonna do with what you see and hear today? Because I think it's something that everybody throughout history has had to ask. Luke chapter two, we've been going through Luke one, right, the last several weeks for Advent. We, we heard about the foretelling of Jesus, the foretelling of John the Baptist, right? We heard about some angels coming and talking to the parents, telling them what was coming, there's a lot of people who had seen and heard about what was happening. Last week we talked about the birth of John the Baptist, right, and what that meant, that he came to prepare the way for the Lord. As we jump in today, I want you to focus on the things that people saw and heard, and I want you to wrestle within yourself what that means for you today. Here's what it says, Luke chapter two. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place under Quirinius, the governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. This is something that happened every so often. And they had to go and they had to give their name and their property and the things they had and all that sort of stuff. So they could take a census. They could understand who was under their rule and what they had to work with. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And what's important to know about this is that this was the way it was supposed to be. The reason it matters is because people for thousands of years had heard that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who would offer hope and forgiveness and healing and mercy and forever life with God, was to come through the line of David. In fact, that he would be born in Bethlehem. And God orchestrated everything to get Joseph and Mary to the exact right spot at the exact right time so that the things people had seen and heard would come to pass. Because God is in charge. Even when we don't think he is, and even when he doesn't do it the way we want him to, God had a plan and purpose, and it happened exactly as it was supposed to. 
which I realize, by the way, is not an easy truth to swallow all the time. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. How many pageants have you seen? How many programs have been given, right, where we show this? It was a very uneventful, it would seem, birth. Right, we do, we do all the stuff, we shoot off color cannons and we, this is my favorite fail videos of all time, by the way, when you got the dad and the mom and the kids and they're like, okay, on three, one, two, poof, and they're right in their face. I'll never, never, you know, fails that the kid has blue or pink all over him. Like we make this big spectacle, we expect our coming, right? Even when we get there, we, we have entrance music for different things, we We want people to know we're here. Well, Jesus came and there was not enough space for them to stay in the town because of the census and they were out with the animals. You know the story. Wrapped him up in clothes. And I think that if that was all it was, it would be like, okay, well. Like when you hear and see that, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that the baby lying in the manger was not just a human child. It was almighty, all-powerful God in human flesh. He didn't come as a king, like conquering the world. That's coming. He came as a defenseless, innocent baby. Almighty God is a baby. It reminds me of Aladdin. All-powerful genie, itty-bitty living space. See, and that's the thing, is that what have you heard and seen about Jesus? Because most people are like, well, if he's God, why wouldn't he come and lightning bolts? Because this is the way that any other God narrative has ever been given in mythology and other types of places. It doesn't make any sense. Zeus is all-powerful, lightning bolts, and he can, you know, with a snap of a finger... And what we'll hear in just a little while is that God can do those things too, but he chose on purpose to come to us defenseless in order that we might know that he knows that we need him. To meet us where we are instead of expect us to get a place he knows we can't get to. See, this is the difference between an almighty, distant God and the God of the Bible. He says, look, I know you can't get to me, but I'm gonna go ahead and make a way, and the way that I'm gonna do that is to come to you first and bring you home to me. Instead of try to expect you to be perfect when I know and you know that you can't do it. Let's see what he says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. This sounds way better in Charlie Brown Christmas, I realize, but... Just bear with me. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You get the picture of these shepherds. These are not, these are hardy people. Shepherds living outside, tending the flocks, guarding from wolves and bears and raiders and other people who would take their sheep. They are not um, sissies. Right? These are strong hardy people, and an angel comes and says they're terrified because 
The message to come came through a messenger from the Lord. They saw an angel and they heard what the voice said. It says, the first thing is, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be far uh, that will be for all the people. You know why this is significant is because you and I, that we can have a tendency to, once we stop being mad at God, right, or pretending that we're, like we can handle him, when we're confronted with the news of Jesus that we need forgiveness and we recognize in our own heart and our own mind, heart and mind, that we are defunct without him, there can be some measure of fear. I know for me, I had a difficult time coming to him because I knew how bad I needed him. It was hard for me to think that a holy, perfect, loving God could love me at all. And so he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. I don't know what you've heard or seen about God, that he is mean and hateful and spiteful. But he says, don't be afraid. I have good news. He says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign to you. You're gonna see something, right? You're hearing this now, but you're gonna see something. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great, a great company of heavenly hosts. All the kids, put your hands up like this. All the kids in the room, put your hands up like this. That's right. Oh! That's exactly right. See, an angel came, says, this is what you're gonna see so that you know it's true, and then a whole heavenly host comes because one angel's not enough to announce the birth of Jesus. A whole host of heaven comes. And they praise God, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Peace, don't be afraid, I have good news. Peace is coming. Peace is here. Peace with God is here. We'll get to why we needed peace with God in a second. And when the angels, here we go. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they heard, they were told what they would see, and so they made a decision to go, to go and find out if what they had heard was actually true. And this is what, we're, this is what we wrestle with, right? This pastor's crazy. He's telling me about Jesus. I don't know what about this is about, right? Are you gonna go and find out? Because that's what they did. Let's see what this is. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. They found it exactly the way that it was told to them. They found out that the news that they had heard, this good news that was to come, was actually true. And it says they hurried off and they found them. What it means is found by a search. That word found, it really means to be found by a search. So it's not like they heard it and were like, oh yeah, that's probably true, right? They found it because they searched for it. They were told that it was gonna be there. They searched and found it as was said. And this is what they did. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told of them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Now this is not like TikTok reliable. This is not your favorite news media outlet reliable. Right? This is shepherd reliable. And shepherd reliability ratings are pretty darn high. 
These guys, these people didn't mess around. They had no time for fantasy. They were not interested in falsehood. If they were gonna leave their sheep and go and search out this truth that was told them, if they found it the way it is, you could take it to the bank that what they said was true because they were not in the habit of making stuff up because they didn't have time for it. We believe far less reliable things on this earth than a shepherd's word that they found it to be, as the angel said. And yet, you have a holy God who says it. You've got scriptures that have been proven over thousands and thousands of years and hundreds of thousands of people to testify that it is true, and yet we will believe a TikTok video before we believe the Bible. We will believe talking heads on your preferable network before we believe something that has been shown to be true by people who don't have time to lie about it. But what do I know? I mean, true, I mean, what, why would you believe me? Here's the thing, the shepherds went and sought it out and I'm just asking you to do the same thing. I'm just offering to you the same truth. I have nothing to add to it. I'd be in a lot of trouble if I did anyway. All I'm saying is all the things that you are willing to believe by far less reliable sources, why not? Why not take what you have seen and heard about Jesus and search it out the way the shepherds did? And I think it's because of this. I was afraid that it was true. <laughs> As I was afraid that it was true because it meant that I didn't get to be in charge of my life anymore. And I just didn't want that to be the case. I didn't want, I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to be, yay, all right. I wanted to be in charge. And so what I did is I took those truths and I set them aside even though they were absolutely reliable. And I wonder if that's what we do too. You know, there was somebody else that heard about Jesus. We saw the shepherds, what they did when they heard you know, Matthew chapter two, there's another account. It's not a different account. It's just, in addition to it, complements the account. There were some wise men. You guys remember the wise men from far off lands? They had heard about this Jesus. They had heard already. So they went to see if it was true as well. You know what they found? The exact same thing the shepherds did, that it was exactly true. But you know what, here's the deal. Herod, you guys know King Herod in the, in the story? King Herod was intimidated and he was threatened by the coming of Jesus because he was called the king, rightfully so. And here's what it said, we're almost there. It said, when King Herod heard this, right? This was about the Magi coming to worship him. When King Herod heard this, there was, he was disturbed rather in all Jerusalem with him. You know what's crazy is the news about Jesus it does create a disturbance in our lives, doesn't it? When we see and hear this truth about God coming in flesh, it creates a disturbance in us. Not the force, that's Star Wars. But there is a disturbance. He was disturbed in all Jerusalem because of what it meant. All the thousands of years have led up to this and Jesus now comes to fulfill the prophecy. What is that prophecy? Here's what it is. I'm gonna do it as clear as I possibly can. The scripture says, that God who created the heavens and the earth created us in his image to be with him in an intimate loving relationship forever and ever because he wanted to be in one of those with us. 
The scripture also says that every single person, starting from Adam and Eve all the way to us until he comes back, have sinned and fallen short of the standard of holiness that he needs for us to be together. Sin are those things that we say and do that hurt God and hurt others. Our disobedience, our lies, our gossip, the list is long and arduous. And nobody's off the hook is what the scripture says. And the only reasonable punishment for that is forever separation from God. The Bible says death. Don't worry, kids, if you, you're not gonna die for telling a lie this evening or anything. Don't do that, but that's not what it means. It means that we spiritually are separated from God forever. And the Bible says that there is no measure of effort or trying that can fix it. That we, I can't just keep trying harder because the first time I sinned was too many. And we read in Philippians that Jesus, being equal with God, did not find that position to be something he held on to, but it says that he made himself nothing, becoming as a servant, even dying on a cross, not because he deserved it, but because I do. Right, and the scripture says that he traded places with sinful people. He took on the death that we deserve. And it says that those who would believe that his death, his life, death, and resurrection is what gets us to God, have that holiness because of him. And the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That word saved is confusing. Saved from what? That death that we deserve. And the scripture says, look, it's done. It's already happened. All that's left is for us to see and take hold of it and take hold of it. So here's my question I posed to you earlier. What are you gonna do? What will you do with the things that you've seen and heard? God coming in flesh in the form of a defenseless baby. Now that you've seen and heard the truth about who Jesus is and what his birth was really about, right? It was not just a cool story about a baby in a manger that changed a piece of the world. It's the story of God Almighty coming to us in order to change the whole world for all time. And the reality is that we all need him. So I'm gonna ask you just to wrestle with that. As an atheist, I thought I was open-minded, but I wasn't. As a believer, I know it to be true. That in fact, God does love you. God does love you. And in fact, Jesus came for you. He didn't come for the church, he came for all people. If you've been a Christian for a long time, sometimes we forget that. He came for all people, even the people you hate the most. Jesus died for them too. And it is for all people to come home to him if you would believe in who he is and what he did and take hold of it. And then it says, as the shepherds do, you can't help but go and tell other people. You can't help for to change your life. If you knew me before and you know me now, you would know that it is true because who I was before was a terrible human being. And I persecuted the church. And now I'm preaching a Christmas Eve service because I can't help but want you to know the truth of his love for you. And that if you just take hold of it, that thing that you're actually hurting about, that thing that you're waiting for, love and affirmation and purpose in your life, is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone. This Christmas doesn't have to be like all the others. This Christmas doesn't have to be another lonely, hurting Christmas where you feel as though your life doesn't mean anything. The birth of Christ is for you 
and it is for right now. And I'm gonna ask you this. We're gonna light the candles together and we're gonna sing Silent Night. What I would like you to do is use the time you can sing But I want you to think about it. If you don't know Jesus, ask yourself, okay, I've heard this, I've seen this. Is it true and what am I gonna do about it? Will you search it out? If you say, yes, I wanna know Jesus, you can find me, I'll be sitting right here. You can find some other staff. You can nudge somebody next to you and ask if they're a Christian. If they are, they should be able to help you know Jesus. And if they don't, let me know and I'll help you know Jesus. But here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask my friends to come forward. We have candles. If your candle is lit, please don't tip it. Let somebody else light from yours, okay? So I'm gonna ask a couple of my friends to come up and they're gonna light from this center candle which represents Jesus Christ. And we're gonna take the light of Christ that we've just talked about and we're gonna symbolically spread it all over the room as we stand together and sing Silent Night in order to continue to celebrate this wonderful season of Christmas. If you would, please let the light pass to you and then let's stand together as we sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that you feel encouraged. To stay up to date with our current sermon series, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to find more ways to get involved with the Bayou City family, visit us online at bayoucityfellowship.com or download the Bayou City Fellowship Cypress app to find community in the body of Christ.